my sister passed away a long time ago and um and i've just ever since then she had when she passed away she had she, she knew she was passing away so she said a lot of things like i have so many regrets i wish i'd done this i wish i'd done that and all of a sudden i got this option from a client and they said why don't you start up your own thing i know if i don't look at my phone or i don't just saw that email out it's going to be even worse so i'll just do it now and then the moment you open it it's like pandora's box it's like I'm just going to sit on the beach now for the next four hours and, and work just on work. Pitch. And I think that's where it's really exciting for people in the industries, I guess, that we do, you know, like with its brand, PR, entertainment, events. It's like we have this great opportunity now to really show other people, the rest of the world, what Saudi actually really is. You've got the gaming platforms now, which are absolutely huge. So yeah. there's just so much. And if you don't kind of keep your finger to the pulse you're gonna get lost and still be on facebook and no one's looking at it so what is the most random celebrity ride you've ever had hi i'm lily and i'm dan we are the loaded so it is another edition of the loading podcast i'm really excited to have another great guest mm. to go through our um, untold stories which is our theme for the, for the season. So we have the wonderful Georgie, who has just joined us today in the studio. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. It's really good to see you. I've not seen you for a long time. No, you haven't. And I just walked in with a little bit of a surprise. You did. I mean, that could be all, all part of your untold story. My untold story is I am 20 weeks pregnant. There we go. We, <laughs> what? <laughs> First bit of can gossip. We, can we get some music there? There's gonna, there will be, there will be. That is an exclusive on here. There's been a few exclusives already on this season. We have had a few. We, we have. have had a few. Now you've done your usual thing, Dan. I, I, I always dive straight in. Well, you completely. Know, hi, Georgie. Georgie, who? Oh God. So yes. Yeah, so, sorry. Tell us who who you are and all about who yourself. Who is Georgie? <laughs> um, so Georgie is. Um, I, I own an agency called Catch International, uh, based in London and Dubai. I've been around for almost twelve years. You can't get rid of me yet. Um, and and Dan and I actually become really good friends over COVID, haven't we? We have, yeah. That sounds really weird. It sounds like we, we gave each other COVID. I know, and, I was about yeah, to say, you might want to reframe that. Buddies. We, we, we called each other, basically. We were we having a, a chat on social media and I said, let's get on a call. I think we were, yeah. And then we literally had a rant about how hard it was as independent business owners and what you have to go through. That's very true. I think you were one of the first people I spoke to at the beginning. Oh, you you were like a, you were like a counselor for me. I, it was exactly what I needed. I was just like, oh, thank God, you're in the same position that I'm in. I think vice versa as well. Like, because obviously that was such a, an interesting time for anybody that works in any type of industry that revolves around people. You I know? think you and I also have the same motto, which is like, people are so important in the company, and true. you want to do well. But we were in obviously a really hard position mm. because both of us work a lot in entertainment hospitality and things like that and and that was the most effective industry and yeah. we're trying to make sure everyone can save their jobs we can pay everyone and we can do all the right thing but it was quite good to have a bit of a moan to each other wasn't it a hundred percent um i think it became quite a regular thing we're doing it quite yeah, often did, yeah. yeah i still yeah. i still send you i was gonna say do, do you still do that now uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, just yeah, continues yeah, doesn't yeah, it yeah, it does actually it's just different now yeah we, don't... we have we have um, we have conversations about recruiting people in certain generations and what we think of them and things like oh, that. Oh, that's a, that's a true story. Yeah, because obviously, well, you're, and this is what we'll talk about today, your business has been booming yeah. you know, of, been over the last insane. few months. <clears throat> Tell us a bit, of it, a bit about your business. Tell you a bit about my business. Um, okay, so I started 12 years ago. 
I wanted a tiny little agency, honestly. It was supposed to be a little one in London, a few, few clients, easy life didn't happen like it just boomed so what a horrible problem to it have it was one of those things where it was like oh my goodness what have I done I've left a job <laughs> and I'm working really hard and someone was talking to me the other day and they were like you know working you know having your own company everyone thinks you're paid so well I was like I think you spend 50% of your time not paying yourself true. Like, that is very very true it's also as well like when people That's say that yeah we, 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 we were venting previous <laughs> people always say as well that you're going to start your own business like you know you get to choose your own hours you get to pick and choose what you want to do but actually to be honest like you, have, you have less choice than being an employee you literally you go on holiday and then and you're like okay i'm going to take some time off i'm actually going to do this and then you're like i know if i don't look at my phone or i don't just sort that email out it's going to be even worse so i'll just do it now and then the moment you open it it's like pandora's box it's like i'm just going to sit on the beach now for the next four hours and, and work just on a work. pitch <laughs> it's like doing presentations whilst drinking pina coladas you know, I've, I've actually done that like my friends have been sitting around drinking a bottle of wine and i've been like i'm just gonna finish my pitch but i will sip a drink i will mm. sip a drink at the same time and they're like i always find it helps with the pitch I actually do. Uh, I have to say the Zoom calls have been amazing because you can hide the glass awesome. of wine and then you're like, just switching my camera off to do something. You're just going to make, make sure you go. turn the, turn the <laughs> camera off. Yeah. That's so you started Catch 12 years ago. 12 years. So um, how do you, first of all, take us there. Take us there. Take us way day, back. Day in the day office one. as an employee going, I've had enough. Do you, so it's, it's a little bit sad. So my, uh, my sister passed away a long I'm sorry. time ago. And um, and I've just ever since then she had when she passed away she had, she she knew she was passing away so she said a lot of things like I have so many regrets I wish I'd done this I wish I'd done that and all of a sudden I got this option from a client and they said why don't you set up your own thing and I was like I don't know if I want to do it and then I thought if I am going to do this and again wine was involved so I was telling my friends and I was like if I am going to do it I want to do it in my sister's name so my sister was called Catherine. And no. her nickname was Catch. Okay. So no one knows that. And uh, she was the most amazing person in the world. And she even organised her funeral. And it was bright pink, which is why the logo is pink. Okay. So my company oozes my sister. Like, she is around. She is with us the whole time. And the whole ethos of the company is family. So that's how it all started. And then you've, obviously... You actually gave me goosebumps. I almost cried then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to cry now. Yeah. Um, but literally, she, I don't, I can't describe it. She, it's just brought such a beautiful energy. You kept and her. You kept her. You kept, and, and when, when she passed away, it was really sad. And my whole family like started calling her Catherine again. And then one day, like we all started calling her Catch. And it was all positive. And my sister came and worked for the company. And my mum was helping me with accounts. And it was just... It was such a great thing. And, and it's even like the people who come in. I feel like Catch has taken me on a journey, but I feel like all the staff have gone on a journey. And I've got, yeah. I've got this one girl, like she's now a regional director for an agency in Hong Kong, and I'm so proud of her. You know, She walked into Catch and she started her journey with us. She was actually um, she was a blogger about boobs and bras. And there was just something about her. She had such an amazing spark. And now she's like this huge person in this advertising agency in Hong Kong. And I'm like... I'm so glad these people get to have this journey yeah. with, with me and because of, of something negative that's been turned into a positive. So. Yeah. That's a, that's a really beautiful story. And do you know, I never knew that. No. So that, that's definitely an unt uh, untold story. And the reason it's okay is because we were sitting. So we basically we went to self, my friend was getting married. So we went to Selfridges and did the whole wedding dress try on. And I said, I've got this opportunity to open the agency. I don't know if we should do it. And then we got, got talking and I said, oh, you know what? I'll call it catch. 
And then catch wasn't available with a C, but it was with a K. And that's it. And now, now it's born. It was and now it's been my wow. life literally going out going, catch with a K, catch with a K is. Well, you're, you're, if we're talking about the brand, your brand is huge now. You know, for, for, for someone that's seen that, well, I've seen it for the last few years, obviously, since we were talking in the, in the COVID times. But, you know, you guys have gone through some pretty exponential growth and some great opportunities and continue to pioneer, I guess, the way that PR has done in the region. I, well, I think I think brand is so important. Like, and we we not many people know this, but Catch actually designs a lot of brands. So we designed V, we've done Treehouse, Hanami, Knox. There's been which, is, which isn't which isn't quite the norm for a PR agency. We not we are a PR agency. Okay. Okay. And but and but I think what we need to look at is what has PR become, and it's not just about articles in the magazine. It's about creative content it's about really clever design it's about integrating social media and influencers and so catch has always been evolving like when we launched in london we were the first ones to ever have influencers on the front row at london fashion week like no one else did but we yeah. did and then suddenly the designers were so happy because the influencers were getting them more sales than you know just having it in a magazine so it's it's, it's a journey um and i think it's about constantly adapting so um, and, and even when we launched here, I don't know if you know this, but we we actually got some dress up. Like, Tell me about the launch. So we launched over here and um, I'll be honest with you, I was not impressed with the industry over so, here. But, but before that, sorry, just to go back a second. So you launched in London. So I launched in London and then, so yeah, it was crazy. So um, I got hired by Barclays Wealth to go to Russia. So, as you do, this sounds like this sounds like it's going to be a story. It was, one of, it was one of those things, and you're like, "This is really random." So, um, we sponsored uh, Moscow Fashion Week, and off we went to Russia, um, and it was a completely different experience. Um, so, obviously, that when you're when you're a small agency and landed Barclays Wealth, everyone's like, "How's that happened?" And then Melly Hotels International came to us and gave us the contract for the changeover from Somalia to Melia. Mm-hmm. And then I got, um, I was working with Renault Lotus Formula One. So Amber Lounge, which does all the after parties, yeah. Renault Lotus wanted to set up another group that did after parties so that, you know, the money was coming to them, not just to Amber Lounge. So we worked with them. So we worked with the Box London. So that was a really interesting That's a great ride. venue if ever, anyone's ever been. Don't ever step out of a venue in the middle when you've got Princess of Monaco in the room and the Box London. <laughs> because literally, I, I just stepped out for five minutes and it was chaos. So basically, obviously, you know, the Box is outrageous. Yeah, and also very expensive. I remember ordering, I think it's like two vodka and Red Bulls and it comes like 80 quid. Oh, it's crazy. I was like, What? So, it's yeah. insane though, it's, it's worth every mm-hmm. penny, worth every penny. So we do this mad event and obviously we've got, we've got like Philip Green and Matthew Williamson there and like everyone's there. And uh, the box did something outrageous and did it near the Princess of Monaco. And the next thing you know, like Philip Green's on the floor, like Major Chelsea's on the floor, like it was an absolute nightmare. So it was good practice for me on how to deal with crisis communication. And of then course. that was it. So while I was over there, I bumped into a very good friend of mine and he owns uh, a venue here. Well, he was opening a venue here and he's like, you know, come and work for me. And I said, well, I can't work for you because I have my own agency, but I can help you. Mm. And then that was it. And then he said, I'm going to put you in touch with a partner in Dubai. Can you can you do it? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I sent like, a couple of emails to the marketing team. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Send another one. Nothing. Nothing. And then I just wrote to the owner and I said, if I had your marketing team, I'd fire every single one of them. And then he sent me a ticket. And then that's it. Then I'm here. So, so he fired them and then got you on board. <laughs> he brought me in as a consultant. We did some work for them. 
But I just, I went out there and, and it was so, we, we worked in Lebanon as well. And you would go in and the agency would be like, yeah, I've got like 30 people who work for me. And you'd go to the bathroom and be like, you've only got room for four. So come on now. Yeah. <laughs> you have not got 30 people. And it, it just, it felt like there was no out of the box thinking. There was no effort. There was no kind of creative element. So me being me, I like to be a bit controversial. I hired an ab fab lookalike. So I hired an Eddie and a Patsy. <laughs> Look like, and I think I probably should have learned a little bit more about why by this time. Sent one of them in with an empty bottle of Moe into ITP, got to fall on the floor and hand out these like Pac Man chocolates. Hilarious. And everyone was like, What, what is, is happening? But when you actually turned up to the launch party, we had like a pink carpet. You had them standing on the carpet going, don't go in there because there's actually a PR company that does some work. So it's actually a bit of a statement. It was a yeah. bit naughty. Um, but it worked. And mm. we did um, we did little tweet cards at the time saying no air kissing allowed and stuff like that. And nice. so, yeah, we... Yeah, we, we did a little bit different, so. And that's what, Catcher's always defined itself on being different, and that's something you've been doing ever since, and you, 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 you were created. Yeah, and it's the same when, when, when I'm designing a venue for, for, um, for Dubai, or Abu Dhabi, or Saudi, or whatever. It's, it's not about copying, it's about creating something different, building a new community. Like, yeah. when, we de- when we designed Knox, Knox was all about the fact that you, you walk up to this venue, and um, and you don't know where you're going, and then you walk in, and it's bright orange lights, and yep. it's crazy. And the X is a, a secret wink, and the whole idea is X marks the spot. You just don't know what's going to happen, and that's what we wanted to create. So it was taking like what Joey did with Barbary was genius, yep. but it was taking that and taking it to that next step. And I think that's what we do with Catch. You know, when we look at a brand, it's like how do we get results? How do we get reaction? And it's not, it's not as simple as just putting an influencer with it. It's like, what can we do with that influencer? So podcasts at the moment are really important. Obviously, yep. video casts are huge. Uh, anything to do with NFT, cryptocurrency, oh God. all of that stuff. I know. We I think we should we, ban that word. Oh, we, uh, it's interesting. We talked about that previously, but I'm still trying to understand and get my head around it. You're going to the vortex of trying to figure it out. Do you think just you because you mentioned some really interesting brands there and people which I you know I've been to them venues and you know they do really think out of the box and it's been different. Do you feel that in the the twelve years that you've been here that more and more people are are taking risks in terms of having that 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 creative thinking and thinking more differently? I think and um, I'd have wanted to ban this word as well to say COVID, but I think COVID has made us have to do it. I think this fine dining beep um sparkling champagne you know whatever it just is, doesn't fly anymore it doesn't fly i don't see anymore. it anymore like th- those days of like because popping champagne fly. and sparkling. because it was easy before you know it's like you said you, you go in I, I, i'm a marketer I, I have the same frustrations i'm like that's it that's the best you got yeah i'll sit with my that's the best you got you know and it's mm. and it's this constant repeat regurgitation and you know even with some agencies i worked with and i'm like that's the best you've got What's winning now? It's underdog. Who are we? We're the underdog. Yeah, Let's true. be honest. Like, uh, Catch has always been different. I, I, I cannot, I, you're never going to see me on the front of a magazine. I'm okay to do a podcast because you don't have to see my face. But like, it, it's one of those things where I, I, I don't, I don't like putting myself out there. And I also feel here has been really tough as a, as a girl, especially. Yeah. I hate saying that, but it has. Like, over 12 years you know, kind of break the Middle East, how she done it, who's behind her, or who's invested in her, any mistake we've ever made, which we all make mistakes, and believe me, we've made some mistakes. I do feel like it's really, like, it really personally attacks you. So 
I think what's amazing about what's happened with COVID is people are embracing the real and the genuine and the nice. And, and I hope that that's what, what we come across as, as catch. And I think for the first time, we've really got an opportunity now, which we didn't have before because it was the big shiny agencies and, and whatever. But the bigger brands are now looking to work with genuine agencies. That's really true. <coughs> Sorry, um, that's been discussed previous on other. Oh, we, we other got we get subjects. to that. We got um, last season. We sort of when we got to the heart of it, it was about storytelling. Yeah, and about the authenticity, um, and making sure that it you know it comes across from a, from a genuine genuine perspective. Yeah, exactly. And but I think that's what they want now. Mm. You know, before it was like I've got to go for that agency because they've got fifteen offices and you know, so-and-so won this award. And, and, I, and I also, we, we don't go out and try and win awards. Like, I really don't play that, that award game. Yeah. I, I, I'll do a global one because I actually think on a global scale, yeah. we really do get a look in because they actually look at the merits of what we do. But I don't go to breakfast meetings every day to these different groups and whatever. And I probably should, but, you know, what we're well, so you're too busy, busy doing the work. People, yeah, we're too busy doing the work. And, and and sadly, so I haven't haven't done that. And but actually, I really feel like finally we're getting recognised for, for for what we do. And and people are actually coming to us and saying, not even do a pitch, just give us a quote. We yeah. know we like working with you. We want to work with you. And I think that's really important. Have you always been in this industry? Um, my my whole family are in marketing. Like I'm not joking. Like every time I mention anyone, so. Um, I started off in sales, like, you know, like kind of like I need a graduate position and, but that was working in, in magazines. Um, and then I worked in, in, in like basically nightclubs and things like that as a PA. Um, and then straight after that, I landed a job looking after celebrities, uh, which was different, um, but good training. Yep. And then after that, it was like PR, camp, um, advertising. My first ever internship at 16 was in two advertising agencies and worked with MTV and things. So, yeah, pretty much. Amazing. T- tell me about MTV. Um, MTV, well, MTV was interesting. I was working for a post-production studio. I love editing. I love editing videos. I don't have time to do it. I actually edited my own wedding video. Oh, I, did you? Because yeah, <laughs> I literally was like, I need to do something. I can't let someone else do this. So I, I did it. As and also, also as well, if you can edit, then you're always going to be, you know, going to be critical of everybody else's edit. Yeah, exactly. Well, if, you edit, if, if you edit it yourself, you know it's actually good. <laughs> I drive literally every time we do a video campaign. I literally drive my team up the wall. I'm going, can you just cut that? And can you add this music? And I don't think it's landing on the beat and they're like go away (laughs) go and be the boss stop leave us alone but um yeah sorry so I was working for a post-production house and you know what goes around comes around this is so weird so my first ever job was so we worked with MTV we worked with Trigger Happy TV with Dom Jolly my first ever like day as an intern I carried in a tray of coffees and I spilt coffee all over Dom Jolly and then I literally just hired him for a campaign. And, like, the first thing I said to him was, like, do you remember me? I chucked coffee all over you. Did he still remember you? <laughs> he still remembers. And he's actually a really good friend now. Like, we get on really well. Like, we've been working on a campaign and I'm not there. And he's like, I can't believe you're not here. Like, I really oh, miss bless. you. Yeah, he misses being covered in coffee. <laughs> I do. He just misses my, my, misses my terrible parking because he literally takes the mick. He said to me, like, I'm a worse parker than his wife. Like, when we first ever turned up to shoot with him, like, you know when you've got, like, one little spot and, you're like, everyone's watching me. Everyone was watching me. I only got a mini, and it took me like 15 minutes to get in the space. And he came straight away, and he was like, that was the worst thing I've ever set seen. And then his wife came out and went, can I shake your hand, please? And I was like, Because you've taken it from me. She's like, because you now win the award for the worst driver. You, <laughs> like, you should try cooking for him, maybe. Yeah. 
And then that's when I turned and went, remember me? I spilled coffee all over you. So he's just like, yeah. So we're, we're, we're a good little relationship nice. now. How long were you at MTV for? Well, it wasn't MTV, so it was a post-production oh, so production house. Yeah, and, um, I did get offered an internship with MTV and I was in a real crossroads. So I wanted to be in TV production, which actually yeah. I'm so glad it didn't work out. Um, but basically I, I went to Bournemouth. I got offered a place at Bournemouth University, which, which was really, really good for TV production. And I got offered an internship at MTV and I didn't know what to do. So I called Bournemouth and I said, what shall I do? Because... You know, do I defer my place? And they said, come, because you'll always be able to go back to MTV. So that's what I did. And then I failed my first year at Bournemouth and left. <laughs> yeah, really bad. Um, but, I, but I was so nervous about telling my parents that I got in through clearing into Leeds. So then I like, sat them down and I was like, um, I've been kicked out of uni. I'm going to Leeds. It's even yeah. better on the chart. And then they were all right about it. And I got to do Freshers twice. So yeah. Nice. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Do you remember both of them? Freshers weeks are messy. Um, I do actually, because Bournemouth were quite small, and mm. and uh, and obviously there was seaside. I remember us all picking up a, a sofa and taking it all the way down to the beach and sitting there, obviously drinking, having a nice time. And then leaving it there and thinking we'll go back in the morning and get it. And it was gone. So it I do remember. It out to sea. <laughs> I think one else took it. So yeah, deposit gone. Um, and Leeds was, Leeds was really different. It's a but great place. Yeah, it was amazing. So you mentioned in there as well, you've worked with many celebrities. Mm-hmm. I guess the question which everyone's always probably going to ask you is like, who, what's like any goss, any stories? Like who's the worst one to work with? I, well. Maybe not name them, but get sued or something. Um, yeah, I'll try not. I'll try not to mention that. Well, there's some I haven't actually signed NDAs with, so you're okay. But um, I started off in an agency, and I looked after a lot of people from uh, Big Brother to presenters to to, to all of those things. Big and Brother. Big Brother. What was the who was the who was the worst one you had to deal with? I've got to ask because th- there was plenty. Oh, God, there were so many. So many. Um, I had. I was the, the the year of Nikki. You know. Oh yeah. So, um, but she she was. She I mean, she just, was a, she was a crazy character. She was a crazy character, and and she, um, yeah, she she just she was very nervous. Yep. So she would always be reassuring her, and uh, she she was very specific with what she wanted to eat, obviously. Um, but one 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 time she wanted a, a sandwich for like 120 calories and I was sitting on Tesco's floor like you know going through the sandwich packages and then when I got back I don't think you're going to find a 120 calorie sandwich then she wanted a Kit Kat chunk and I was like that is more than 120 calories I literally sat on the floor for like three three that's sort of that's sort of like when people sort of go 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 and get a latte you know skinny soy like you know whatever 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 <laughs> yeah, and then I'll have the chocolate muffin things yeah I don't <laughs> like. You- it's like me when I go by when I go by Big Mac and I get a Diet Coke. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I've already I've already had like ten thousand calories. Well, no. you, you, I guess I guess you're sort of just trying to uh, offset a little bit. But to say get me a hundred twenty calorie sandwich, that's shit. There's a, there's a lot of that to be honest. So the celebrity riders are always yeah. oh, oh, so, yeah, so, so this is where I wanted to get to. So what is the most random celebrity ride you've ever had? Oh, we did. Um, we had one with. Uh, Diana Ross and she likes to have her dressing room all white like white 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 like walls white everything white everything white yeah. Rose is white everything white <laughs> do you know who's also into colour Drake because I was his backstage manager when he came to do a concert here in Dubai like on a few years ago at the Cricket Stadium and he wanted this specific hue is that the word of blue light that would be in his dressing room and he actually had someone on his tour that came into the dressing room to make sure that it was the correct blue 
Oh, but it, it, it wasn't the correct blue. I could, I, you couldn't get that blue. Well, but sometimes I can't understand it. Like these, cele- you must have it as well. The celebrities come in and they seem completely normal, and then you realise it's <laughs> the, the management, of course. You're like, oh come on! So sometimes these celebrities arrive, and you're like, oh, this is actually okay. They're yeah. all right. And other times you have them, and you're like, oh, I'm never booking this person wasn't ever there, again. Wasn't there one? I can't remember, but there was one celebrity that only wanted like blue M and M's. Oh, I'm sure there's been many. Just blue M and M's. I'm trying to remember who it was, but it, it it escapes me. But yes, special people. Yeah, and also certain people on temperature. That's a thing as well. Temperature. And I had um, only red and orange jelly babies. I can't say who, mm-hmm. but literally like a chew. Like it had to go through the packet and just like. <laughs> That's a lot of packets. I ate a lot of green jelly babies that day. <laughs> <laughs> just have smash, you, have you ever had a moment where elbows. you're like, "That's it. I can't take it anymore. I'm walking." That's what happened. So, so, okay. so basically with, with my job with the presenters and stuff, I just got to the stage where I was like, I can't do this. I can't. I can't do this to myself There's got to be more to my life than... Because I get asked all the time, like, I'm looking for representation. Will you represent me? And I'm like, no. <laughs> just like, it's a full-time... <laughs> it's, not, it's not worth the pain. It's a full-time job in itself. Like, sometimes... You, you know, you go in and do PR and you end up having to do PR for CEOs and stuff like that as well. And all of a sudden it turns into kind of, we had we had one we had one CEO and, and we were writing his strategy for LinkedIn and he was like, I don't want to do the follow and the follow back. And I said, but if you want to grow your followers, which is what you This is asking, what you need to do. This is what you need to do. No, I should be famous. You're not just going to be famous. And then he launched a book and, and, and the book was okay, but it was it was really difficult to get him to do anything. And then you would say, like, the problem with LinkedIn at the moment, it hasn't got your voice. And obviously, yeah. I'm, we're personally trying to write your voice. Yeah, but the reason I've hired you is, you know, to be my voice. But you've got to give me some ideas, give, some give help. Me some, you're like, like, give me something. someone to work with, my friend. Just, just something, yeah. anything. It's like, oh, why have I done this to myself again? Because I walked away from this. So, so now I even with, with CEOs and they're like, will you represent CEO? No, I'm not representing. I've got another person. I will hand you straight over to them. They can take them, so... Is that someone on your team or another agent? So we'll yeah. do that to my team. I was like, just pass that pain along. I'm just going to hand you over to the people I don't like. <laughs> Go become their problem. <laughs> no, people, people. Who, there's there's, there's people, people that who are like good at it and enjoy it. doing it. Yeah, but it takes a certain kind of person to be able to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'll stick to the cool creative stuff. I like coming up with creative ideas. That's what I just love doing. Like, I love having a brainstorm with the team. I love coming up, especially like names of venues. I'm quite good at that. I can walk in and go, that's what the name should be. And well, normally they go with it. Well, I was say, that was one of the questions I was thinking of is like, how do you come up with that creative process? Like what inspires you? And you said, you know, obviously you, you involve the team in that. My brain is weird. I like my, my, my team call them Georgisms. I make up words. <laughs> I make up words. I, do, I, I, know, I, I get Lilyisms. You'll probably get a couple on mm. this actually. I'll just suddenly go, I can't think of a word. So I'll just make it up. And we'll, we'll, I'll say it so convincingly. You'll think it's actually a word, but it's not. Um, so it's, it's like that. And I just, I walk into a space and, and I know what what they want to do like we want it to be a, a, a speakeasy bar or we want it to be a Japanese and, and you just know it's like the name pops in yeah do you remember do you remember clay and in um, the huge venue we opened in DIFC and yes. all the celebrities so yeah. I called it clay because when I walked in they had this sliding door and it had this like little pocket bit you know like um, and it reminded me of who framed Roger Rabbit <laughs> and it reminded me of you remember the bounce that goes what's the key 
And that's all it is. That's it. And 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 it just it hit me, and I thought this this venue needs to be called Key. And then I was like, oh no, but it's posh. It's got so to let, be. Let, let's make Clay, it French. Darling, let's make Clay. it French. So I stuck a little bit of French in there, and everyone loved it. Completely blanked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the names come up with you know with totally different things and and Knox actually originally I wanted to call it underdog I just felt like when you walked in and you walk underground and it was hidden and it was different and I and it had that Shoreditch feel I just thought yeah. it'd be brilliant but it wasn't sexy enough for Dubai so we got to Knox and then you know we created this cool campaign and we presented it to them with like knocking on the door and you know all that kind of element, and they loved it. So. That's, that's awesome. So you've been, like, fundamentally in, like, some of those really cool venues around town. Yeah, yeah. And come up with the names. We did Eve Dubai, but Eve Dubai actually was named by Sebo and Khaled Creative Clinic. Okay. But who, I, who I are got, awesome guys, by the way. I, I love, love their work. Them. I love working with them as well. So they, they would always come to me and say, you know, help, help, like, put this together. So with Clay, um, I see, uh, not Sebo, Khaled had this amazing idea of Great Gatsby. Like, she's a person. Mm. And then I just sat down and wrote her diary. So we wrote her like she was a real person and wow. this is the journey she went on. And then we went and presented the client as a diary. So that, that's how it all started. And then even at the party, you had like little notes going out as if it was Great Gatsby going, I love your shoes, make sure you try on my cocktails. So we were doing like really cool, quirky things. That's really interesting because you actually gave the venue like a real persona. Yeah. And I know when you're doing branding and marketing, you do like, you think of it like, oh, if, if you were a person, what would this person 100%. be? But you took it to another level. But that's what it's about. Like if you don't immerse. But that's that's what a lot, a lot of marketers and a lot of creatives here, I'm like, where'd you go with it? Like, you know, what's the personality here or, even with any of the copy that I do, I'll ask people, I go, okay, what's what's the what's the voice you want? What's the personality you want? And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. I need to get in your head. I, I need to get in your head. Yeah. You've got it. And, and the weirdest thing, and, and you must have this as well, when you're working on something creative, it's almost like you can tune into your client. Pretty and much. As long as you can tune into your client, you know what they want. And you mm. can also then tell the story with them. Because it's not just about what I come up with. Yep. It's about what we collaboratively come up with. And I think that's the problem. The kind of the big agencies out there walk away and go, let's go and work on this huge pitch and video, but they haven't got into the client's head and they haven't fully understood what they want. And if we go back to the 80s advertising agencies, they did. They yeah. lunched with their clients. They went on holiday with their clients. They knew yep. exactly. So when they mm. were going out and pitching, it was like, hey, dude, look at this. This is what I've got. Yeah. And then they got this is there. exactly what the client wants. Yeah. And going back to what we talked about earlier, like, you know, catches growth and stuff, is, do you believe that's why you're fundamentally so successful? I think we're really. I think we come up with some of the most creative campaigns you do. in in the Middle East. I'm really proud of what we've done, and even in even in the UK, I think we've done some really crazy things. You know, and and I've been really lucky because we've worked with so many entrepreneurs that they've been really happy to embrace that. Like when we work with Treehouse, we work with Nikki, who I think Nikki now works for um, Jamira Group. I know maybe Dubai Properties now, but. She, she was so creative um, in, in marketing. And so when we designed Treehouse, we had to come up with a tagline. And I said, why not come up and play? Like this whole idea mm. of like climbing up to the treehouse. She braced it. And she was yep. the one who jumped on and went and got the wooden sunglasses and, 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 and was really happy for us to draw out these really cool artworks and, and really tell the story and have fun with brunches. And, and, and if it wasn't for Nikki... Uh, treehouse wouldn't have, have turned into what it was supposed to turn into so you have to be working with the right people when it comes so to sometimes projects. you really need your, a client who's courageous enough but then if if it's the work you're doing you sort of you pull them in don't you like I, I would I would guess that the majority of the clients you end up working with or who approach you they are your people 
Yeah. So Do you know what it, I mean? It, that it, it, it works. It's, it's there's a vibe. There's a vibe. You get the same like energy. Or, you get or into have a... you, in recent times, have you ever sort of come across a client and gone, oh god, no. I, I I have now, like I think the one thing after 12 years, you can get to a stage where you can walk in a room and, and go absolutely nowhere. I've actually been in, in a meeting with a client where already I was getting a headache yeah. and then it was really weird, they got a bleeding nose in it and I was like, I'm not working with a client, I don't want to be anywhere near them, get me out of this room. It just yeah. felt like it was such negative and it was going to pull the weight, was going to pull my yeah. agency down and I think you've just got to go with that gut and no matter how much money they're offering you or what they're doing in the long run it's going to actually damage your agency yep. so make the right calls for you and and i think one of the things we've done is we've matched a lot with our clients like we did, we did this campaign ages ago where we took you know the tinder campaign of like it's a match and we did it with catch so like literally we demonstrated who we were as people and, and what we did like a lot of people like tacky you know the outrage That's kind of cool. my whole idea was you do you match with your clients like yep. Live Nation, we've worked with them for so long is because we, we've become such good friends yeah, but you, with but them. But you yeah. had to be so clear about what you wanted to be to be able to match. Yeah, and, and, you uh, know? Yeah, and, he, and also they know what they want mm. from an agency and I need to make sure as an agency I never drop that ball and they always get that. Yeah. And, and that's what they will always do. They'll always be able to call one of us. They'll always be able to get some advice. They'll always be able to have full pelt catch. They'll never have like half-hearted. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's what's most important. And you speak the same language. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So what's next? What's next? Um, so definitely, we've been thinking about Saudi for a long time. I mean, like everyone's talking about Saudi. Everyone's talking about Saudi. Well, to be fair, we were in Saudi. We, we, we launched entertainment in Saudi okay. uh, right at the beginning. Like, we were the first ones kind of in there. I was there with my Al buyer and... And doing my thing. Which I mean, it's changed a lot. We were there recently, like December time. It's so much. The, 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 I guess like the, the vibe and the energy and the, the opportunity there is pretty incredible. When I was sitting um, at, in the UK during COVID, I was getting calls from all these different franchise agencies going, find me brands, find me brands. There's people in Saudi, they want them now. Like we can make money. And I was like, find you brands to take to Saudi. And there's a, there's a real, um, there's a balance as well of, of, obviously brands coming to the Middle East and mm. then how that's handled on an international level because still there's obviously a lot of education that needs to be done. But yeah. um, I think Saudi is growing. I think I'm, I'm very opinionated when it, was, you know, uh, when it comes to how are we going to grow? How are we mm. going to grow Dubai? How are we going to grow Saudi? How are we going to grow these, do you, these different Do you think markets? Saudi is ready for catch? For, for catch, I think, um, yeah, I do actually. And I, I think when, when I first met them, they weren't <laughs> because obviously I get cross if certain things don't happen. Yep. And I don't think they were expecting the wrath of George when the press wall didn't turn <laughs> up and things like that. But um, I think Saudi needs out of the box thinking. I yep. think they need to know the international market and understand the international market more, not just bring these iconic brands. We need to tell the story. And obviously, there's a lot of work to do, both even even here, yep. um, to educate people. Like, how many times do we go out and they go, do you, "Can you can you actually drink? Can you actually do this? Yeah, yeah. Like, is Saudi safe to go to? You know, like it's, it's, it, Saudi reminds me of what it was when I went to Lebanon the first time. The firework went off. I went under the bed thinking a bomb was going off. You know, like wow. I was so I wasn't there. I was yep. ignorant. I hadn't educated myself enough. And I think Saudi's the same. 100%. And I think that's where it's really exciting for people in the industries, I guess, that we do, you know, like with its brand, PR, entertainment, events. It's like we have this great opportunity now to really show other people, the rest of the world, what Saudi actually really is. Because when we were there in December, 
we were at the um, Saudi event show and we got to meet these incredible young Saudi creatives that just kept passing by our our stand. And it was a completely different perception to, to what all of us were thinking. And there's this like young up and coming demographic of, of people that, you know, they, they, they've watched YouTube, they've seen stuff on social media, like they're, they're educated, they get the Western world and like they want to do something different. And that's where it's really exciting where the out of the box yeah, thinking comes. Yeah, I think Saudi's going to surprise people. Yeah, and really surprise people. And, you know, they, they, they've been sat watching and, you know, taking a bit of a, a back seat, but really looking forward to, to doing something different. And, you know, every time we're speaking to a client, like they're very open to ideas, very mm. open. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing is the open to ideas. And and for me, Saudi has always been about innovation. And But what I mean by that is the people coming out of Saudi. So let, let's look at, you know, people travel to London and they or, or, or America and they buy the first and latest collections, don't they? Because they want to be the first. But why yeah. do they want to be the first? Because they're ahead of the trends. Mm. And for yeah. me, that means that our new generations that are coming up are trendy, are cool, are creative and are ready to think about the box ideas. I think like what Neon's done is really, really clever. The only thing is I think we're we're five years ahead when it comes to campaign. Like can you imagine watching ITV and suddenly an advert for Neon comes on about Saudi Arabia. How do you explain that to someone who's just watched Coronation Street? Exactly. Say? Like they just don't get it. So interestingly, okay, we talk about Neon really quickly. Um, we were just in Qatar at the weekend and Neon came up in a conversation and you see it everywhere now. Like you don't see necessarily brand Saudi or Saudi mention, but you just see Neon. The logo, the visuals, whatever. And apparently somebody was there was saying that they were in the UK recently and it's being played in football matches. Um, it's being played in between, you know, TVs, you know, part of the sponsorships or advertisements. Like as a brand, it's like really visible. It's really everywhere, visible. But, but it's like but subconsciously being planted. But we haven't done the Saudi Arabia thing yet. So my mm. point is like, yeah. so you've got, I don't know, grandma sitting there going, oh, so and so just died on Coronation Street and then Neon, Saudi yeah. Arabia. What? Yeah. Like there's just no understanding to that. So let's, it's let's, coming. let's tell let's the Let's talk story Saudi Arabia. First. Yeah. And it has, I actually think that's a beautiful Cause, story. Because, like, at the moment, it's great that they see Neom and the branding and everything is great, but you haven't crossed the hurdle of people and their perception of Saudi. Of course. So until well, you, it's going to take a long time. Well, no, it's got to get done. It will get done. It will, it will so, take a long time. So, ne- Neom, I haven't seen the advertising but, and, and the work, but have that they would have needed because no one's done it and yep. they want to get out there, they needed to start that narrative as well. Yeah. If they want people to come. We should go to Neom and get someone build on the it, show. Build it and they will come. True story. But it's, it, I mean, like, yeah, I just get blown away every time I even talk about Saudi. Well, it's, look, look how many celebrities are going out there. and But then again, let's look at what's happened. So all these celebrities go out there and at the moment we're seeing such a reaction um, to the fact that these celebrities have gone out there. So here it's like, wow, isn't it amazing? In America, the yeah. celebrities are getting a lot of slack. And mm. so we need to look at why that is and what we need to do to, to change that perception. And I think that's the approach we have to take with, with the GCC as a whole, yeah. which is, you know, one rule doesn't fit all. It's not about one campaign going out no. globally and pushing out on YouTube and following us around the internet and doing this. Each each territory needs to have a dedicated campaign. It needs to have an aspect to educate and the only way we're going to change people's perception is to really start talking to the younger generation because it's yep. going to be the younger generation that's going to be like going to go on holiday. To exactly. Saturday. And that's exactly. What's re- that, that is what's really exciting. Yep. The rest can keep watching Coronation Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've not watched Coronation Street for a long time. I have a new just, it just made me laugh. I just saw this advert on the TV and I just thought I could like... Well, it's like, like chalk and cheese, right? Chalk and away, cheese. Can you, she, I can imagine her with a cup of tea yeah. going... 
what? <laughs> she probably, probably thinks of the theme park somewhere. <laughs> like, oh, a new theme park. So it was just one of those things where I was like, this is just so random. Um, but yeah, it, it is amazing. I think Saudi is going to boom. You know, obviously there's talk of alcohol. Uh, there's, there's new shows. Mm. There's this new man-made uh, food area that's going to be semi-permanent and, and the brands they're bringing in and obviously... Brands like Elan, so obviously Bulldozer Group are bringing Elan and it's already in the DRC, but now suddenly so many more brands are. And I was mm-hmm. talking to um, Samer, you know, Akadori. Okay. And he he's launched in Saudi just through Instagram. Like wow. he's not done any PR and he's just trended and it's just worked. And that just shows you. So when people would say to me, how do I break into Saudi? I'm like, Instagram, social. social. YouTube's got the biggest viewership and they're stuck at home during Ramadan. Like, YouTube, come on, guys! Like yeah. it's a no-brainer. Well, so we, we 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 had a moment where um you know our podcast was we're number, like we were number, we were number one. one in what was it? It was the entre the sort of up and coming new yeah. sort of podcast, and we're sitting there going, how how? Well, we just talked about Neil. You might be yeah, first. Again. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. But I think you know going back. Sorry, I'm just gonna, you know I'm just percolating a question here, but you know I'm guessing like thing we have to do things differently. So you're mm-hmm. talking about like social media and about Instagram. You know the ways that people PR'd or did brand before is changing. Yeah. You know, especially if you want to, if you want to speak, uh, speak a language. To I don't know if it's as much changing or or that it's actually going back back to the essence of what is important. And what is important? It is the storytelling. It is the connecting. It is yeah. the actual like understanding it. It's not. It's not about the big is great or you know loud is is you know yeah. the the best way to go. It's it could be a quiet whisper, but if it's the right whisper. Like, look at this guy, yeah. Instagram, only on Instagram, and he's trending. Yeah. He need- I think it's the why, like, not to sound stereotypical yeah. marketing, but it's the why. It's the why. And, yeah. and, and a lot of people have stopped that, mm. you know? And, and the they thing just is, do. Yeah. And, and if you don't go back to the core of that message, it, it's just going to get lost. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's, it's, everything is different. You know, if I, if I launch something in Doha, so if I launch something in Dubai, even in Abu Dhabi um, to Saudi, it's a different process. Yeah. And it, it's not like I just put a press release out yeah. and, and get coverage. Like the hospitality titles and the entertainment titles are the same across the both. They read both mm-hmm. of them. But if we want to be in a newspaper in Saudi, it's got to have a bigger story. Yeah. And then additionally to that, you've got to be on social. And Snapchat is still working. Um, TikTok is massive. And it's not just the younger generation. It is a much older generation. Yeah. Um, but there's even more like, uh, you know, you've got you've got the gaming platforms now, which are absolutely huge. So yeah. there's just so much. And if you don't kind of keep your finger to the pulse you're gonna get lost and still be on facebook and no one's looking at it so so i'm gonna tie this into a question so uh, with obviously all of this change and you know stuff which is going on and innovation you know you've been in the industry for quite a while now and had catch for 12 years is there anything you would have done differently oh god so much (laughs) (laughs) she's like that's a whole other (laughs) podcast (laughs) no but you know it's it's, it's like questions it's like what would you tell your younger self if you if you could I think I was really nervous coming into it. I, I, I get quite, quite, no, I overthink things and I get myself worked up. And, you, you, know, you don't come across nervous. I don't come across nervous because you got, but, if, but like, there's a whole thing, there's a whole thing going on in the head, in yeah. her head. Yeah. I'm like doing EFT and tapping and all of that stuff, trying to calm myself down. Um, no, I think, um, I wish I had had a bit more confidence. You know, I wish when I'd been asked if Georgia go and sit on this panel and do this and whatever, had done it a bit sooner. I really don't think I've put myself out there for until like the last four or five years. And I think I probably could have put Catch on a bigger platform. Um, my sister left to have a baby and I didn't really embrace London and put someone 
in the office and keep it going I let it go remote and then we went back and relaunched it again and it, that's a really sad thing to happen not in the sense of my, I'm so glad my sister had a baby and she went on her yeah. journey but it was really sad it, to go back into the industry you know after that and have to do it all over again yeah. when you've done you know when you started it 12 years ago but, but I guess you learn a lot from that experience you learn a lot from that experience and actually um I feel like I learned a lot about the trends going on in the UK that I can kind of mm -hmm, bring yeah. over to here. So, and I'm and actually because of COVID, London and Dubai are so synced up. Like they yeah. they talk, they're good mates, they they get on, and actually it all really works now. And it probably would never have been in sync that much if it, if COVID hadn't happened. Yeah. So everything was well timed. But yeah, that was, that was probably the two things I would have changed. A bit more confidence, put myself out there a bit more, and. Uh, Maybe learn to speak Arabic as well. Do you know that? Oh, yeah, we should we should and all do why that. Why didn't I learn that? And why didn't I buy a property? I'm such an idiot. <laughs> God, you'd, be, you'd be rich and fluent by now. I know, rich and fluent in Arabic. Come on. Bonus. So. Georgie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. It was really a great enjoyed chat. Yeah. Looking, looking forward to you guys taking over Saudi. Hi, I'm Lily. And I'm Dan. We are The Loaded.